Reading numbers in June of 2019. Chapter 19 gives you the red heifer law. If you thought you were figuring some of this stuff out, I think 19 may stump you. It has better men than I. Here we go. Yahweh spoke to Moshe, saying, This is the law of the instructed ritual that Yahweh has commanded, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they may take you a red cow, holy sound, that has in it no defect, that has not yet yielded to a yoke. You are to give it to Eleazar the priest. It is to be brought forth outside the camp, and it is to be slain in his presence. Eleazar, the priest, is to take some of its blood with his finger and is to sprinkle toward the face of the tent of appointment some of its blood seven times. Then the cow is to be burned before his eyes. Its hide, its flesh, and its blood, along with its dung, are to be burned. The priest is to take wood of cedar and hyssop and scarlet of worm and is to throw them into the midst of the cow burning. He is to scrub his garments, the priest, and is to wash his body in water. Afterward, he may enter the camp. But the priest will remain tamai until sunset. And he who burned it is to scrub his garments in water and is to wash his body in water, remaining tamai until sunset. And a ritually pure man shall collect the ashes of the cow, depositing them outside the camp in a pure place. It shall be for the community of the children of Israel in safe keeping, as waters kept apart. It is for decontamination. The collector of the cow's ashes is to scrub his garments, remaining to my until sunset. It shall be for the children of Israel and for the sojourner that sojourns in their midst, as a law for the ages. He who touches a dead body of any human person shall be deemed tamai for seven days. Should he decontaminate himself with it on the third day and on the seventh day, then he is pure. If he does not decontaminate himself on the third day and on the seventh day, then he is not pure. Anyone who touches a dead body of any human person that has died and does not decontaminate himself, the dwelling of Yahweh has he made Tamai. Cut off shall that person be from Israel, since the waters kept apart were not dashed on him. Tamai shall he be, his Tumah stays within him. This is the instruction. A human who dies in his tent, anyone that enters the tent and anyone that is in the tent, is to be considered Tamai for seven days. 
and any open vessel that has no cover tied down on it, it is Tamai. And anyone who touches in the open field, one slain by the sword, or a dead man, or human bones, or a grave, shall be Tamai for seven days. They are to take for the Tamai one some of the dust of the burned Hatat offering. They are to add to it living water in a vessel. He is to take hyssop and dip it into the water, the ritually pure man. He is to sprinkle it on the tent and on the implements and on the persons that were there and on the one who touched the bones or the slain one or the dead man or the grave. Then the pure one is to sprinkle it on the Tamai one on the third day and on the seventh day, thus decontaminating him on the seventh day. Then he is to scrub his garments and wash with water and be purified after sunset. Now a man who becomes Tamai and does not decontaminate himself shall cut off shall that person be from the midst of the assembly, for the holy area of Yahweh has he made Tamai. Waters kept apart have not been dashed upon him. He is Tamai. It shall be for you as a law for the ages. The one who does the sprinkling from the waters kept apart is to scrub his garments, and the one who touches the waters kept apart shall remain Tamai until sunset, and anything that the Tamai man touches becomes Tamai. The person that touches it shall remain Tamai until sunset. So ends chapter 19, the Red Heifer Laws. Numbers chapter 19, or hump day on the weird magic moments week in the middle of Numbers. The Red Heifer Law. Look, this should stump you. Kill a heifer not a bull, outside the camp, not the slaughter site. Use the ashes on the third and seventh day after you've been in contact with the dead body to return to right relations. We are far from the origins of this law about making things right in the presence of death, but deriding this magic begs the question of our own rituals around death. This is apodeictic rather than casuistic. This is the statute, is the statement. Midrash Rabbah opens a discussion, sharing our dismay in the echoes of Job 14. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Is it not one? And they protest in anonymity. Who did this? Who commanded this? Who decreed this? Was it not the world's only one? This is like the eternal cry of parents in response to a child's lie. The answer, because I said so. This is not if-then casuistry. Rabbi Joshua of Siknin, in the name of Rabbi Levi, said, There are four laws which the evil inclination criticizes as irrational, and in connection with which scripture uses the expression statute. 
is the law of a brother's wife, the law of mingled kinds, the law of the scapegoat, and the law of the red heifer. Some rules, like a childless widow's right to a child by a surviving brother of her husband, or prohibition of wearing wool and linen together, or the goat for a zazzle, and now this one, are called statute in Torah, not justified or rationalized or explained, just try to comply. This purity code, more extensively laid out in Leviticus and elaborated in application in Talmudic tradition, defies reduction to modern language. Words like pure-impure, clean-unclean, contaminated-decontaminated, infected-purged, and here waters of lustration or of cleansing are signifiers for a signified unfamiliar to us. Everett Fox's Shaka translation alerts us to that by keeping the word tamai for the boundary state that is created by contact with the dead body and can be ended with ritual action on the third and the seventh day using these waters set apart, which include some of the dust from hatat offering and some of the ashes from a red heifer. We reduce these matters of human condition, sin and death, to solvable problems of ignorance, sickness, crime. And we respond with educating, medicating, or policing our judicial institutions. It's going to take postmodern successors of Foucault's early critiques to deconstruct more than this, but meanwhile these ancient ways of construing and engaging with death are worth our time. What are the taboos in your subculture about death? What rituals do we have and what rituals do we lack compared to the subcultures around us? What are your four plans for your stuff, your self, your circle, your legacy? And what are the default playing plans provided by the state and the community for your friends and family who fail to plan? Iran has a long early bit. The cow. Look up Surah 2, 66 to 66, and ask a Muslim about the cow. You'll do well to have sorted out your own Christian understanding of how Jesus' death outside the gates had an impact on your own mortality. Talmudic traditions include reflection on what constitutes contact with a dead body. One way to avoid inadvertent contact involves whitewashing a tomb so that it will be seen clearly by those trying to avoid or, in, or trying to engage it. Where have you heard about whitened sepulchres, whitewashed tombs in the Gospels? Look it up.